This is an AMI podcast. This is an AMI podcast. Hey, Dave Brown here. If you enjoy this podcast portion of our show, remember you can watch it live every day at 9 a.m. Eastern Time on AMI TV. Welcome back. This is Now with Dave Brown on AMI. I'm Mike Ross filling in for Dave, who is off today and Monday. He'll be back on Tuesday. We're continuing our conversation on this year's Toronto International Film Festival, which kicked off this week. Yesterday, Dave had a chance to catch up with Michael McNeely to share his thoughts on accessibility issues at this year's festival. Let's have a look and a listen to that conversation. Hey, good morning, Michael. Good morning. With regards to my experience at the Toronto International Film Festival, I'd like to read a statement, if I may. Please do. So, on June 16th, I began my collaboration with TIFF, and I applied for the Media Inclusion Initiative, and I shared a document that had over 120 recommendations for improved accessibility. Since June 16th, I attempted to reach out many times to ask about accessibility and to find out how many films would have closed captioning, as well as to ask questions about remote access, since I am trying to attend the festival remotely, like I did last year. I have not received any clear answers yet. My support person has also made many inquiries um, they have not received a clear answer either. Yesterday, after a series of emails, I was told that accessibility coordination was being provided on site and that I could apply for the Media Inclusion Initiative next year. It doesn't seem to matter that I have applied this year. Um, different staff seem to be trying to find things that I have failed to do what I have done incorrectly, as opposed to helping me. Um, I have asked for access to the remote and digital screenings, but I have not been provided this access. I have asked for support for my support person, but that has also not happened. TIFF has told me to go to the distributors for each film to ask about accessibility features. To summarize, TIFF has disregarded my media inclusion initiative application. It ignored my recommendations based on years of experience, gaslit me by indicating that I haven't done some steps properly, and simultaneously told me that they have an accessibility coordinator, while at the same time telling me that I cannot have accessibility. Um, in addition, there is also, as we mentioned last week, they have not provided information in a timely manner about accessibility features for films before those very films sold, meaning that it's impossible to make an informed decision and to keep your place in the queue. What is troubling is the emphasis on in-person access when we've had two years of great remote access for people with disabilities. Remote access is often great for accessibility because people often accommodate themselves best at home. 
with COVID-19 and other considerations, people with disabilities often struggle with going out or attending events in person. It does not seem like TIFF has taken this into consideration. And so to end this statement, I say to TIFF, you can do better. So Michael, that's a powerful statement. Um, it's one that I think people would find really disheartening considering they have an accessibility media initiative. Let me ask you this question. We did a preview last week. We were intending to do a preview this week. Why should we even bother to platform TIFF at this point? Why should we even talk about the Toronto International Film Festival if they're not meeting an accessibility standard? Well, that's a question that's sort of given me a crisis in faith at this time because, frankly, TIFF starts on my birthday, September 8th, and it's always been something that I've always looked forward to for the last 10 years or 11 years. But I've also discovered that it gives me quite some sadness when I realize that it's not accessible and when there's nothing that I can do to make it better despite trying to do everything that I can and more. I think, I think we continue to talk about TIFF because in all fairness, you can't be an entertainment critic without knowing about the influence that TIFF has over filmmakers and members of the industry. If you take a look at almost every good film in the last 20 years, they've probably been to TIFF at some point. So it's, it's a lot of things happen at TIFF, but unfortunately, we are shut out at this present time. Michael, I remember back in 2020, before the plague happened, uh, before we found ourselves in all kinds of COVID-19 stuff, you went to Sundance and came back with some pretty frank reviews of what they were doing from an accessibility point of view. Does it feel like TIFF is perhaps falling behind other major film festivals on this front? So the thing with Sundance is, and I know this is amazing because we, we, we like to think that we're better than our neighbors in the States, but Sundance, the accessibility there is incredible. And it's leaps and bounds from what TIFF is offering right now. At Sundance, you can be you can be linked with the accessibility coordinator. You would have that person's email and would be able to ask them questions and to get information. You would be able to get support online as well as in person. Although my support person is telling me now that we're probably going to see a shift back from remote, remote events to in-person events, especially after we've assumed that the COVID-19 crisis is over. I'm really hoping that's not the case because we've had such increased accessibility through remote events, and I don't want to lose that. I don't mind going back to Sundance. I don't mind going back to Utah, but there's something to be said from watching films on your computer, on your computer and in your pajamas. <laughs> yeah, I can, I can attest to that one. Michael, I want to come back to your crisis of conscience because I'm personally of the belief that if TIFF is not going to meet our needs, we can talk about it in the abstract, but I don't want to give them specific platform on this show if they're not up to snuff. So I want to come back to the crisis of conscience in regards to the importance of film festivals. I think you mentioned it before, that they become a launching platform for actors and directors. But if we're excluding huge parts of the population, are the film festivals as relevant? 
this is a this is a tough question, and it's a question to be asked on my 34th birthday, as I become a man and enter the society. What is my quest now? Um, I think we need to find ways to ensure that people with disabilities get access to these COVID spaces. I think one of the ways um, documentary filmmakers with disabilities, FWD Doc, one of the ways they've been doing it is they've created an access scorecard so that people with disabilities can go to a film festival and they can, um, you know, fill out a scorecard and they can provide feedback to the festivals about how they're doing. I think that's important. I think it's important to realize that people with disabilities have a voice and they need to use that voice. So I've tried to use the voice today with my prepared statement but, you know, I'm just one voice of many. There's voices of celebrities that can overshadow my voice. There's voices of funders and investors and industry wagyus who are used to having things be a certain way. There's the voices of filmmakers who are afraid to show their films digitally because they're used, they're still used to the idea of having premieres, of having films screened inside places well, you can tell a film is sold out by the lines outside. We have to change our way of thinking. We have to say that a film is no longer good if it's not accessible. I think that's what it comes down to. I think it's something that we try and do here on AMI. We try and review films that are accessible to our audiences. Sometimes we don't do that because the films that we like are the ones that are ultimately not accessible and that hurts. I know that it hurts more than most people. But there's, there's got to be a way to make sure that all the films are seen by all the people that want to see them when they're available so that we can all be part of the conversation. Because these are conversations that are still happening. I know we may not want to give TIFF a platform, but there's conversations that are happening right now about those films that are so important that we still have to find a way to break through. Mm. Michael, let's leave our conversation at that point for today, and maybe we can regroup and revisit this next week on how we want to continue talking about TIFF. But let's leave our conversation there for today. Happy birthday, my friend. Well, thank you. It's, uh, it's an interesting deliberation as we go forward, and I appreciate your support in this um fundamental understanding of how we do our business. That's Michael McNeely. Let's go from one Michael back to another. Thank you very much. Dave Brown in conversation with Michael McNeely uh, from Kingston, Ontario, and uh, Michael sharing his thoughts on accessibility uh, issues at this year's festival. And I'd like to say on a bit of a personal note, um, I am making my TIFF debut today. There's a film that I acted in last summer that will be making its uh, Toronto International Film Festival premiere today and have three different screenings. So if you happen to be watching, uh, going to see a movie called Rosie, uh, keep your eyes and ears peeled for a French-speaking wrecking yard foreman uh, who resembles this big bald head and <laughs> makes an appearance uh, in a scene that we filmed on a very, very hot, sunny Friday afternoon in uh, 
Hamilton, Ontario in the summer of 2021. And uh, I look forward to seeing it on the big screen too. Hey, Dave Brown here. If you enjoy this podcast portion of our show, remember you can watch it live every day at 9 a.m. Eastern time on AMI-tv. This was an AMI podcast. For more accessible media, visit AMI.ca. I'm Margaret Shepard of the AMI podcast, Tripping On Air. Every month, my co-host Alex Hajar and I spill the tea on what it's really like to live with MS. Watch Tripping On Air on YouTube or download wherever you get your pods.